This is the When Life Happens podcast, the real podcast all about helping real people overcome real life issues successfully. And since life never stops, let's get after it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I'm your host, William Jackson, and I'm so excited because we have another opportunity to what? Live, learn, and grow together. I want to stop and take a moment and thank you for rocking out with me on this podcast. We've been at it for some time now, and it's my goal, it's my heart to provide you content that is going to help you tackle this thing we call life. I think that if we continue to just lean in and understand that there is lessons to be learned, there are lessons to be extracted from everything that we go through and from those around us, we can accomplish so much more in life. I'm here to tell you that I have grown in tremendous ways by just listening to the stories of other people, being able to identify lessons for those who have gone before me. I believe that a man who is unwilling to learn from the mistakes of another man is a danger to all men because you are destined to repeat what you don't have an awareness of. So many times we get in these cycles of constant repetition of, I come out of this situation and go right back into it. I come out of this toxicity and go right back into it. I come out of this phase of life and circle right back because I don't think we don't do enough of stopping and extracting the things that were tied into our experiences, the lessons, the things that we were created to actually learn from and learning from people, I think is such an underrated art. And I was doing some research on some incredible people who have done some incredible things. And I saw this story that was posted on the New York Times just a day ago. And this is a story of a young woman, I say young, but who has decided that she was going to do something that most people her age were not even considering. Dorothy Hoffner is a young woman at the young age of 104 decided that she was going to go skydiving and just at the onset of that thought you think 104 people are packing it in they're about to get ready to go on home to glory and and transition and they are giving up hope on life and that's such incredible inspiration of hope dorothy hoffner decided no, my time isn't done. I still have some amazing things to accomplish. And I'm not just going to sit and allow time to pass until I pass. I'm going to seize the moment. So I'm going to read you this article from the New York Times that highlighted this incredible story of Dorothy Hoffner, who decided to go skydiving at 104 years old. And then I'm going to give you some of the takeaways that I think are pivotal in our understanding of how we can use some of the same moxie, the same drive, the same just incredible desire for more and apply it to our lives. So let's let's dive into this article. It starts off by saying Dorothy Hoffner, born in 1918, had survived both the Spanish flu and COVID pandemics as well as her first skydiving attempt at the age of 100. That might explain what was on her mind. 
before her second skydive as she prepared for a roughly 10,000 foot descent. The thought that she was thinking at the moment was, what are we having for dinner? She recalled thinking. <laughs> Ms. Hoffner, now 104, had decided sometime in the spring to recapture the feeling of gliding in the air, buoyant, her wavy hair whipped by winds. So on Sunday, Ms. Hoffner was picked up from her home at the Brookdale Lakeview Senior Living Center in Chicago and driven to Skydive Chicago's headquarters. There, she left her walking cane behind before boarding a small plane. Did she feel nervous? No, she said in an interview Monday. Was she aware that she would be likely to break the Guinness World Record for oldest person in the world to skydive? Had no idea. Strapped to an instructor, Ms. Hoffner jumped off the plane, soaked in views of curly river streams and square patches of land, and made history as she touched down in Ottawa, describing the downward ride as wonderful to a small crowd who gathered to congratulate her. The skydive quickly captured national attention with reporters calling her all day Sunday and Monday. Floating down, it's so smooth, she told the Chicago Tribune. Nice, peaceful, she said on a local TV station, ABC7. By Monday night, though, Ms. Hoffner said she was really quite bewildered that people were that interested. They just care about my age, she said. Everyone seems so impressed, she added, when all she really did was attach herself to an expert and let him do all the work. Now, the story continues in the article and it talks about some back history and how she got to the point where she um, was able to get the courage to start this diving expedition, even at the age of 100. But but being the person who was now listed as the oldest person in history to skydive at the age of 104 is something that will go down in history. The previous record holder was someone who skydived at the age of 103. So I think it's pivotal. When you first stop and think about this, 104 years old, you are jumping out of a plane. Listen, I am, I'm almost 40 and my body does not respond the way that it used to. When I was 25, I can't fathom jumping out of a plane at 104 years old but i think that's the problem i think that a lot of us reach a certain age and we start accepting the standard quo and the reality of what is to be expected in this age group let's start there let's talk about expectations we reach a space in life where i think we start accepting a limiting view of the time that we have available to us. Once we reach a certain age bracket, once we get to a certain status in our occupation or we reach the state of retirement or we've reached this state and this milestone and this this record breaking moment, we start packing it in. We start to say, you know what, that's enough. And they say at this age, that I'm not supposed to do this. And they say that in this age that my body won't respond. Just in my own confession, in that moment of saying, listen, my knees don't respond the same, but they could. 
They could if I put the work in. But a lot of people are not in the space where they can access the fullness of life because we keep accepting a limiting view based on what society says is deemed acceptable in certain aspects of our age, our demographic, our upbringing, the things that we can't actually do in this specific time, we get to the place where we just start accepting diagnosis. Where you go to a doctor and they say, okay, well, this age, this is what normally happens, so you need to start doing this. You need to start doing this. You need to stop doing this. This isn't the good for you. You need to stop actually um, trying these things and you need to start developing a lifestyle that succumbs to what time, to what uh, society, to what the social norms are deemed acceptable at this stage in your life. It's so easy to do. It's so easy that I guarantee you that if you stop and think about your life at 104, here, here's the first thing. Most people don't even consider themselves to have the capability to live to be 104. We start packing it in because we accept the social norms that most people live to be 70, 80 if you're lucky. And we start accepting these limiting beliefs. And we don't stop and say, listen, I, I understand what you guys are saying, but I'm, I got to live my life for me. There are things that I want to accomplish and I don't care how long it takes. You know how many people give up on their dreams because they haven't reached them at a certain age? How many people think that I'm not going to get married just because you're 30 or 35 and haven't found the one when people are finding love, the love of their lives in their 50s and 60s and 70s? We start giving up because society says at this time you're supposed to be here, at this time you're supposed to do this, and after you reach this moment, it is over for you. There's no hope. How many hopeless concessions have we made in our mind and in our heart to say, yep, well, it's over for me. I'm past my prime. There's so many lessons to be extracted from Dorothy's story that at 104, she said, you know what? There's still more left. There's still more to be done. So I, I pulled out five things within this article that I am applying to my life. And I, and I want you to be able to join me in this journey to do the same, because as we continue to maximize time and shift our thinking, we have access to so much more. If we just open our minds to the possibility of more, if we open our minds to the possibility of greater, if we open our minds to the possibility of a limitless life. So I'm going to give you five things. I'm going to give you five things that I think are pivotal when you read this article. The first thing that really stood out to me, I mean, that was glaring, is her take or the take of the article or the tone of what she has survived. The first sentence says she was born in 1918 and had survived both the Spanish flu and COVID pandemics. What's the takeaway here? Survival is the starting line, not the finish line. 
so many people survive and make it through something and make that the trophy, make that the the moment of celebration and which it should be. You should celebrate the things that you overcome and the things that you triumph, but it is not where you stop. People stop after survival. I made it through that, so I'm going to just stop here and I'm going to wait. And let me just celebrate that. Let that be enough. Survival is not enough. It's not enough to just survive things. Survival is the gift of awareness of how short life is. And it is the importance to maximize every moment. When you come out of things, that's a beacon should go off. An alarm should go off in your heart and in your mind to say, that didn't break me. There's more left for me. That hurt, that was difficult, but guess what? That did not crush me, so there must be more in store for me. So let me get up after I survived and figure out why I survived. Let me get up from the place that I know that was difficult for me. It was hard to get through that season. It was hard to actually push through, but we made it through. We came out on the other side. I didn't die. I didn't break. Let's figure out why. Because it's a gift. It's awareness of that could have broke me. That could have destroyed me. I could have died there. I could have been in a space where I was not able to rebound, but I did. So now because I've survived and now because we've made it through, now let's maximize the moment that we have in front of us. So many people live in reverse, looking in the rearview mirror, highlighting, I went through that, I made it through that, I made it through that. And that's great to highlight those things, but you didn't survive just to survive. You made it through things so you could get to the point to you say, okay, my life has significance. This is a gift because I could have died there. I could have been in a state where I was broken and, and didn't have what I need. And, and I could have not made it out of that situation. But God gave me grace. He gave me strength. And we made it through. So now let me maximize this opportunity. Because every day is a gift. Survival is the gift of awareness. Life is so short. What if we took on Dorothy's mentality? Yeah, I survived those things. So since I survived, now it's time to live it up. Now it's time to do the things that I enjoy. Now it's time to do the things that I was created to do. Now it's time to do the things that will bring me hope and will bring me inspiration and will make me feel alive. Because if we're not careful, we'll come out of things that we have survived and we'll just stay in that subconscious survival state where you're just constantly preparing for the next storm, the next trial, the next test, the next loss. But you didn't survive just to survive. It's a starting line. Once you come out of something, something should say in you, okay, now I have an opportunity to do the things that I always wanted to do. That now I have this gift of time. Man, life is so short. I, I could have, uh, it could have been over back then. But now I have the gift. Let me step out and do what I really wanted to do. If you had the, the prognosis that you had two weeks, two weeks left of life, 
How much more would you live fully? Would you try things? Would you step out of the box? But we take for granted that we have time when all we actually have is this moment. And survival should wake that up in you to say, okay, I almost didn't make it out of that. So let me use every single moment that I have to maximize it and to live at my highest potential. What's the second thing? The second thing is, I believe that the only limits are the ones that we put on ourselves. The only limits are the ones we put on ourselves. Dorothy said, you know what? I know that I'm 104, but that means nothing. (laughs) I know that I live in a senior living facility, but that means nothing. I'm not going to limit myself to my current situational surroundings. I know I may be in a specific place and I know I I may not be where I want to be or I, I may have endured some things in my past that have sort of warped my view of myself and the things that I'm able to accomplish. But the things that I've been through does not shape my ability to step fully into my creative genius or fully into my purpose or fully into opportunities for me to live fully. Not partial living, but living fully, loving fully, laughing fully. You know how many times that we go through life and we just chuckle our way through life? Where our view of reality and people and situations limits our ability to actually be in a space where we can fully embrace a good hearty, healthy laugh. Have you ever just laughed? I mean, I'm talking about gut laughing. There's something that happens when you laugh. So many things go on when you actually create a space. I was talking to my wife about this because she's doing some amazing things uh, in, in this space and working with women and how laughing literally changes your entire Makeup, your entire emotional makeup. But we put so many limit, limits on ourselves that we get to the place that we can't even embrace a moment fully because we're so jaded, we're so scarred. And we keep limiting ourselves because we identify ourselves by the things that we've gone through. And we have to get to the point where we say, you know what, there are no limits. There are no limits on me. There's no limit to the amount of happiness I can experience in life. There is no limit to the amount of joy that I can experience in life. There's no limit to the love that I can experience in life. All I have to do is break through these limitations that I'm putting on myself. Dorothy could have said, you know what? I'm 100 years old. And at 100, there's no way that I could go skydiving. My bone strength isn't what it used to be. I don't have the flexibility. I don't know how my my body is going to hand up against the pressure of the wind. Can I even handle that level of excitement? But she said, you know what? There's no limitations. I'm going to go out here. I'm I'm going to jump out of this plane and I'm going to live this entire experience. She fully committed to the experience. 
And so many people get to the place where we can't access the fullness of what we desire because we're only partially committing. Because we've accepted limitations. And I know there are sometimes when when people speak negative things about you or over you or you're surrounded by people who may be pessimistic. But the limitations that you experience in life are the ones that you accept, embrace and put on. But the beautiful part about every day is that you get to take off the limitations. You get to take it off. You don't have to keep it on you. You don't have to be in the space where you are adopting these things. You get to take off these limitations. You don't have to carry them on. All you have to do is start shaping the way that you think by the things that you say, the things that you watch, the things that you listen to, the people that you're around. When you become strategic about breaking limitations, you have to change the behaviors that reinforce those limitations. The only limits or the only limitations are the ones that we put on ourselves. You can live a limitless life. But it's all about embracing. And and identifying the truth. About not only what you've gone through, but about the opportunity that's in front of you, because every single day, every single second is an opportunity so the only limits are the ones we put on ourselves. What's the third thing? What's the third thing? Is that you have to give yourself fully to this moment. This is what I believe. Overthinking is one of the greatest hindrances to progress. How many people could have gone to this stage of saying, you know what? I'm going to skydive at 104, but immediately would have started planning or preparing for the worst. We can get to this place where we start overthinking. We start overthinking about the things that could go bad, or we could even start overthinking about the things that can go well. And we limit our ability to fully commit to this moment. When they asked Dorothy, did you have an awareness that you would be likely to break the Guinness world record for the oldest person in the world to skydive? She said, had no idea. Didn't even consider that. I wasn't even thinking about what this jump would mean in, in, in correlation to society or records. I was fully committed to this moment. That's how she was able to progress and really enjoy the true experience of the moment. She wasn't overthinking. Some of us, if we just start saying that we were going to go skydiving at 60 or 70, we just start saying, okay, maybe I need to put on certain knee braces or I don't know if I'm going to be able to, I know I got a bad back and my knees and, and I can't do this. And, and what if this happens? And what if I don't land correctly? And, and what if I don't get my feet up when it's time to land? And, and what if I land and, and I hurt my tailbone? Because we start overthinking. And when we start overthinking, we start inviting all of that toxicity into the experience so now I can't even be on the plane when the door opens and be fully excited about what's about to take place because the only thing that's going through my mind are the things that I have been overly thinking about 
I'm overthinking how negative this could be. But at the same time, how many people overthink about the things that could go well? And you can't even fully be in this moment. So many people miss out on moments thinking about the next moment. Can't even fully be present, whether it be vacations, whether it be dinner time, whether it be just hanging out with your friends, whether it be something that you're supposed to be enjoying in this moment. We're thinking about the next moment. Oh, this is this is what we're going to do. Okay, great. Well, after this, then we should do this. And then after that, we should do that. And if we do this well, then this is going to trickle into that. And I have completely minimized this moment. Give yourself fully, fully to this moment. Because as you overthink, it is the greatest hindrance to your progress. Stop overthinking it. Because you can literally think yourself into stress and depression. You can literally think yourself sick. So many people are a product of the thoughts that they are thinking. We are products of the thoughts that we think. And when you overthink, you overly put pressure on this moment. This has to go perfect or else. This has to be this or that. And if this doesn't happen, like, listen, I'm going to fully commit to this moment. And what will be, will be. Whatever's going to come after this will come after it. And while I will prepare, I'm going to be fully present because we think that overthinking and thinking about the next moment and the next moment and the next moment after that is me being prepared. And while there is a level of preparation to it, if you can't fully be present, then your preparation has caused you to minimize the opportunity that's in front of you. So I got to give myself fully, fully to this moment. Lean into your conversations at dinner. Put your phone away. We don't have phones at our, at our dinner tables. Because we need to fully be in this moment because this moment is all that I have. This is it. Stare into the eyes of your spouse. Hear what they're saying. Feel the, the energy around you and, and, and understand nature and really get out into the aspect where you are embracing the moment fully. We just move through moments. The saying goes to stop and smell the roses. Don't forget to stop and smell the roses. Why? Because it's so easy to admire the rose in passing. It's so easy to say, oh, that's beautiful. I got to keep it moving. But when I stop and I smell it, I fully take it in. I take it in. So don't be afraid to stop what you're doing and give yourself fully to this moment. Because once you give yourself fully, man, the sky is the limit. What's the next thing that we can derive from Dorothy's story? I think one of the pivotal things that can go just completely over our head is this. Have a clear understanding as to why people are here. She said something that I think was just pivotal. 
She was quite bewildered that people were that interested. And then she said this, they just care about my age. She had a clear understanding as to why people are here. I think people get into trouble because we allow the presence of people to cause us to cloud the vision or clarity as to why we are here and why they are here. I am an avid sports fan, avid sports fan. But I am not the fanatic type, even though fan is short for fanatic. I have seen people who have watched, we'll just talk about football because I am a avid football fan. I've seen the greatest of greats come out and have incredible games, lead their teams to championships and multiple championships. And they are constantly in the conversation as the top teams and the top players. And they do some defying things that defy logic and human ability. And I've seen how people rally around them and cheer. But then I've also seen how quickly it turns when they go through a slump. They could have a winning record. They could have locked up a playoff spot and they could be playing just because they love the game, because they want to give the fans a good show. And they'll go on a slump of maybe two or three bad plays and the same fans will turn and boo them. Just in a moment, I've seen how quickly cheers turn to booze when fans are not getting what they desire to get. So you have to have a clear understanding as to why people are in your life, because some people will quickly turn if you don't provide them what they need from you. If you don't provide people with the emotional safety and support when they need it, if you don't answer the phone every time that they call, if you don't loan them money when they are asking for it, if they can't withdraw from you the things that provide a benefit to their life, it can quickly turn. And when it turns, it messes people up because then it's like, wow, I thought you were this. I thought we were this, but then somehow it changed. But I protect myself when I have a clear understanding as to why people are here. That's why people who are really successful, who rose to great heights of success, are very suspicious of people. Because what's your motivation? Why are you here? Are you here because you know how much money I make? Are you here because you're looking for me to do something for you? Are you here with your handout? Or are you here because you want to be here for me? Not just to cheer, but to support. Because anybody can cheer. People cheer just because there are incredible things happening. People are excited about momentum and movement and success. People will always cheer in success. They see great things happening. It's wow, let's cheer that on. Yes, that's awesome. But after those moments of success, who can I actually lean on? Because everyone wants to flock when it's success moments, when it's time to cheer, when it's time to celebrate. 
but who's going to be there when it's time to actually do the work to ensure that we can reach another moment of success or if I have a slump or if things don't go well who can you lean on because relationships should be reciprocal that's how you can identify them if I'm always doing for you and I'm always making the effort and I'm the one that's always calling you, I'm the one that's always reaching out, I'm the one that's always trying to see you, and that energy is never reciprocated, it's an indication of the quality of our relationship. So we have to have a clear understanding as to why people are here. And how do you develop that understanding? Through time? Seeing how people move over time? The test of time tells all. So many times we put people in positions quickly because of what this feels like in a moment. This feels good now. Okay, yeah, this is great. Everything is going great now. I could see how this would be an amazing thing. But let's figure out when things go left. How do we respond when things are tough? How do we respond when I need somebody to support me? This is how we have a clear understanding. And we talked about the types of people that we need to have around us to have that clear understanding. But we have to have a clear understanding as to why people are here. Because then I won't set myself up for sabotage by thinking one thing and not giving myself the time to see it play out. So why are you here? Have a clear understanding because it's so important. Don't get caught up in the cheers. Got to stay focused. One of my favorite movies is 300. And I am all about warriors and kings and ancient times. I love it. I love everything about it. So in this movie, 300, one of my most favorite scenes is the 300 warriors. This was after the first interaction with the enemy at this small, tight cave of a location and they got the better of the enemy and everybody began to cheer and everybody was celebrating they were screaming and they were high-fiving and they were just over the moon excited except the king the king was straight-faced he had this piercing vision because he had an understanding as to what was coming and you have to have that same type of laser focus of the people that are around you. Because when you identify what's coming, you would realize how you need to staff your life and the people you need around you. When you have a clear focus and a, a vision for your future, then you have an awareness of who you need to staff your life with. And then once you develop that clear understanding as to the people that are around you, then you can start weeding out those who are just for the moment. And I'm not saying you have to completely isolate yourself, but you will save yourself a lot of stress, hurt, and heartbreak if you can clearly understand why people are here. What's the last thing that we take out from Ms. Hoffner's story? who decided to skydive at the age of 104. After she said, they just care about my age. Everyone seems so impressed, she added. And then she said this, when all I really did was attach myself to an expert and let him do all the work. 
it is so key and vital for us to stay strapped and connected to the expert. It is so key for us to understand that if we want to maximize this thing we call life and really get the fullness of why we were created and experience life at the highest levels and tap into high level living and really be a part of this living full experience, we have to stay strapped to the expert. We have to stay connected to God to have an awareness of him ordering our steps so that we know exactly where to go and who to connect with and how to maximize the moments. Because we can't fully maximize the moments if we don't have an understanding of what this moment is. If we don't have an understanding of what my life should be, of the capabilities and the capacity that I can actually step into and really experience life in a full way. I got to stay strapped to the expert, the one who knows me intimately, who knows my thoughts, who knows why I was created, who knows the inner workings of how I move and how I think and who knows what's coming up ahead of me if i stay strapped to the expert let him do the work let him lead me let 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 god give me the understanding of how i can actually tap into full high level living because you know me god knows me he knows what my life should be and i gotta trust his plans and i gotta lean into him i gotta trust his heart for me I got to trust that he has a plan for my life. And I got to stay strapped to him. Because a lot of times we treat our interactions with God as like a distant cousin that I see every blue moon or talk to every so often. But when I'm strapped to you, I want to know what are we doing next? Where are we going? What's the plan? What do I need to do? How do I need to maneuver my body? How do I need to move? Who do I need to cut off? Who do I need to connect with? Where are the places I need to go? Where do I need to spend my time? Because when I'm strapped to the expert, I can experience the fullness of knowledge and wisdom and understanding. She said, I just stayed strapped to the expert and let him do the work. So many times we think we have to figure it out. I got to figure out the next move. I got to figure out what's next. I got to figure out what to do. I got to figure out how to move. I got to figure out this. I got to figure out that. When all I got to do is stay strapped to the expert. The one who has foreknowledge about my life. And I can say, okay, God, this is what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? You're the expert. You're the expert in me. You know me better than I know myself. So how do I stay strapped to you? I connect with you. I communicate with you. I don't just talk to you. I stop and listen. I spend time with you. Because when people are skydiving, they have to spend some time for the instructor to tell them, okay, this is what we're going to do when we get up here. 
how valuable would it be to stay connected to an expert who can let you know what it's going to be like when we get up here, when we elevate to new levels, when you go into these rooms that you're preparing for, when you start experiencing the dreams and the things that you've been hoping for and working for and 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 desiring your entire life. This is what it's going to be like when we get up here. Because so many people fall because they haven't prepared for what the elevation looks like. And it's hard to prepare for a room that you don't have knowledge for. It's hard to prepare for a place that you have no point of reference for. Some of you are the first person to go to college. Some of you are the first person to be successful. Some of you are the first person to break generational curses. And you don't know what that's like because you don't have a point of reference. But if I stay strapped to the expert, when I start experiencing these things, I'll have some awareness. I'll know what it feels like. I know what to expect. And I won't get caught off guard because the one hit that has the ability to knock you completely off guard, to shake the very foundation of everything that you were building is the one you didn't see coming. But if I stay strapped in and connected to the one who knows what's coming up ahead of me, man, it's such a valuable resource because I don't fall victim to the same traps as those who went before me. So I gotta stay strapped to the expert. I'm so grateful for Miss Dorothy Hoffner's life, born in 1918, who showed us that survival is the starting line, it's not the finish line. That we can break every limitation that we put on ourselves, that if we give ourselves fully to this moment, and we're present then we can get the full benefits of what's right here in front of us once we have a clear understanding as to why people were here and we are connected strapped in to the expert that we can live life at a higher level because the goal is to live full and die empty no matter where you are in life it's not too late for you to accomplish your dreams, for you to find love, for you to achieve purpose, for you to step into high level living, for you to experience fulfillment in every area of your life. As long as you are still breathing, there's still an opportunity. There is no such thing as too old or too young. There are only those who have surrendered to limitations or who have decided to live free. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I hope that you found this episode both impactful and inspiring. Before you go, like and share the show, subscribe to it, leave us a comment, rate us and review us on all podcast platforms. Your engagement helps us reach more people and create a better show. But the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you're interested in more resources and tools of how to live a fulfilled life and step fully into your purpose or purchase your copy of the life-changing book, When Life Happens, head over to www.theofficialwilliamjackson.com for more information. Until next time, keep rising, keep thriving. And remember that no matter what life throws your way, you have everything inside of you you need to overcome and succeed. 
when life happens. <laughs>